Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumma allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'na bima 'allamtana ve zidna ilmen nafi'ah. Allahumma arinal hakka hakkan varzukna ittiba'ah. وَأَرِنَ الْبَاطُلَ بَاطُلًا وَرْزُقْنَا اِجْتِنَابَهِ رَبِّ اشْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسِّرْ لِي اَمْرِي وَحْلُ الْعُقُدَةً مِنْ لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي Esselamu Aleyküm ve Rahmetullahi ve Berekatuhu Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedi-üzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Inshallah, today we will continue reading the 27th word. It is about ijtihad. And as we talked in the previous episode, ijtihad is often translated as independent reasoning or independent judgment and that is not completely off however it does not convey the full meaning either what we need to think about when we think about ijtihad is an effort a struggle an effort an exertion in order to come close to what pleases god in our judgments if there is a case before us and we need to decide whether this is Let's say this is a case about the permissibility of a food item. And we need to decide whether this is permissible or forbidden. Whether this is halal, mubah or haram. What is the ruling about it? And it is not clear from the Quran and the Sunnah. It is clearly in the Quran and the Sunnah, but we need to deduce it. And in order to deduce it, we need to pass a judgment. So as we are passing this judgment, ijtihad implies an exertion to come closest to what pleases God. There was a time in the 19th century, early 20th century, many people said the gates of ijtihad are closed. We are in such a time that we cannot do ijtihad anymore. And this treatise, at least at the beginning of it, this treatise is about the possibility of ijtihad in our time. And then that will be followed by some very very insightful and important remarks about the primacy of following the Sahaba as the followers of the Prophet And we will come to that, inshallah. Ustad Nursi says that the gates of ijtihad are open, but we do not have the license to go through those gates. And then he goes on to explain. So the gates are open, they are not closed, and Anybody who has a license can go through it and there may come a time when there will be people with the license to go through it. Or even now, perhaps there might be someone who has the license to go through it. But we need to understand what that license means and why we as the children of our times do not have the license to go through it. Ustad Nursi gives us six reasons for this. We read through the first three and inshallah we will try to read the fourth, fifth and perhaps the sixth today. Bismillah. Dördüncüsü. The fourth. Nasıl ki bir cisimde neşvi nema için tevessü meyli bulunur. In the way that a substance, a thing, would have an inclination to expand for growth and development. What does this mean? Think of a baby. A baby is born, let's say, three kilograms. A human baby, we are talking about a, a baby boy. He is born three kilograms or six pounds. By the time this baby reaches adulthood, he might have become 180 pounds, 70 kilograms. So, of course, this means that the baby expanded. He grew. And that growth is not just inflation. He grew his his organs grew, his hands grew, his arms grew, his legs grew, his head grew. Everything grew according to a plan. And this was in the innate nature of this baby. So there is an innate inclination that the, the baby has for growth and that requires expansion. 
the baby's body expanded in order to open up room for growth and development and this was an a part of his innate nature this is something normal this is something good for it o meylu tevessü ise çünkü dahildendir vücut ve cisim için bir tekemmüldür this inclination to expand is a source of perfection is a movement toward perfection for this body or for this substance because it is coming from inside it's a growth inside out it's an expansion inside out and it enables makes possible growth and development it is within its program this it is what it is meant to be and therefore this expansion is a movement toward perfection it is good that it is expanding fakat eğer hariçte tefsi için bir meyl ise o vücudun cildini yırtmaktır tahrip etmektir tefsi değildir However, if there is an inclination to grow outside the body, that would be tearing apart the skin of the body. That would be demolition and distortion, not expansion. Let's think that this baby grew to a point and became a child and, and, and, and there was a mosquito bite. So this is not something internal. This is not something that's in the program of the child. This is not a part of the child's innate nature. This is not something that was meant to be. It is an external intervention and the mosquito bite, as we all know, would start to inflame. So that's an expansion too, but it's a different kind of expansion. And if, especially if he scratches a lot, it's going to expand a lot and it might even become an open wound and it may become infected. Now, if it is infected, it becomes what? It tears apart the skin. So this is an expansion. It is an expansion too, but it is an ex expansion that's induced from outside and it is an expansion outside of the body, through the skin. It is not an expansion inside out. It's an expansion that's induced from outside and it's an expansion that distorts the body. So this is not what we are talking about. This is not the kind of expansion that is a movement toward perfection. This cannot be a movement toward perfection because it is demolition and distortion. Öyle de İslamiyet'in dairesine Selefi Salihin gibi takvayı kamile kapısıyla ve zaruriyat-ı diniyenin imtisali tarikıyla dahil olanlarda meylü tevessü ve irade içtihat bulunsa o kemaldir ve tekemmüldür. So we first uh, mentioned a metaphor, a representation, the example of the body. In the same way, if there is an inclination toward expansion, an inclination for expansion, and a will to do ijtihad, among those who enter the circle of Islam through the gate of perfect God consciousness, taqwa, and following the path of conforming to the foundational requirements of religion in the way that the pious predecessors, our righteous predecessors have done. If a person enters the circle of Islam through the gate of perfect God consciousness and with an intent, through the path of, with an intent to conform to the foundational requirements of religion, if there is an inclination for expansion and a will for ijtihad in this person's mind, that is perfection and that is a movement toward perfection. That's good because this person entered the circle of Islam, the body of Islam, with the right intentions and the, with the right state of mind. And when he pushes the body out, that is going to be in order to help this body to grow and develop. And therefore, it's going to be an expansion toward perfection. And of course, the the will to do ijtihad is something that expands the body of Islam. The more uh, rulings, the, the more judgments that are out there about issues that have not been attended to before, the, the larger the body, the corpus of jurisprudence is going to become. Yoksa, zaruriyatı terk eden ve hayatı dünyeviyeyi, hayatı ukraviyeye tercih eden ve felsefeyi maddiye ile alude olanlardan olan o mellut tevsi ve irade içtihad vücudu İslamiyeyi tahrib ve boynundaki şer'i zincirini çıkarma vesiledir. Otherwise, 
So if this, we are talking about this inclination to expand and the will to do ijtihad, if this is not coming from a person like the one that we talked about before, we mentioned before, like the righteous predecessors, but rather from a person who leaves the foundational requirements of religion, praying, fasting, hajj, zakat, and so on and so forth, who prefers worldly life over the life of the hereafter, and whose mind is confused because of exposure to materialist philosophy. That is not, that is not an expansion for growth and development. That is rather destroying, demolishing, distorting the body of Islam. And it, it, it is an effort to take the, the chain of Sharia from our necks. Now, what does this mean? We are all God's slaves. And this is a wonderful thing. When we say slaves, some people may have other connotations that might prevent us being able to understand cognitively process what we are talking about here. We are not talking about chattel slavery. We are not talking about 17th century Central and Southern America. We are not talking about all those movies that you may have seen in the movies and on the screen, etc. We are talking about a kind of slavehood that is to the absolute Lord of everything, including us, and it is a wonderful thing. It is such a wonderful thing that perhaps we can compare it to a baby in distress being taken by his mother and the baby is now in the arms of his or her mother. The baby cannot go anywhere. The baby is like a slave under the command and direction and control of the mother. But this is a compassionate grasp. This is a compassionate embrace. And if the mother is holding the baby, in our case, that is the chain of Sharia that is around our necks. That is a chain that will not let us go beyond what pleases God. And what pleases God is what is cozy for us, what is good for us. So it is the chain that keeps us close to God, in God's compassionate grasp. However, if one were to try to expand the body of Islam by tearing apart its skin, so not expanding from within, but expanding outward, by destroying, demolishing and distorting the body of Islam, that would be meant to break that chain because, because the lower soul, the compulsive lower soul does not like that chain. It wants to be free and it thinks that freedom is absolute freedom. You can do whatever you want to do and it even associates this with human dignity, etc. But that is false. There is no absolute freedom as we talked before. Freedom from Sharia. Freedom from God's rulings, freedom from the boundaries that God has ordained for us is slavehood to the compulsive soul, is slavehood to the world, is slavehood to the whisperings of Satan, is slavehood to evil. So we want to stay in that circle. But we are in such a time that many, many leave the foundational requirements of religion prefer worldly life over the life of the hereafter and are confused as a result of exposure to materialist philosophy. If these people want to do ijtihad, where is, where is the intention going to stay? We define ijtihad by trying to come close to exerting our utmost in order to please God, in order to find the ruling that is most pleasing to God. Can a person who leaves the foundational requirements of religion that God has ordained, who prefers the worldly life, which is but a play, which is but a distraction from the real thing, if a person prefers worldly life over the life of the hereafter, and if the mind of a person is confused as a result of materialist philosophy, and at this time I think we need to add consumerism to it, the consumerism that panders to the, to the vain desires of the lower soul, 
if all of this is going on, if the person is so messed up, can we expect this person to stay firm on the intent to come close to what pleases God despite all other inputs? Can this person eliminate, leave aside all other inputs and focus on what pleases God? That's not possible. And if this person does ijtihad with the hidden, even unconscious intention or aspiration to break away from the chains of Sharia, would that be a healthy expansion for the body of Islam? This is something that happens a lot in our time and that is so widespread that it is almost impossible to escape it. But it was there throughout history. Ibn Sina, Avicenna, the great Muslim philosopher and scientist and person of medicine whose work on medicine was used as a study book in the universities of Europe up until the late 17th century, who has left so many works of scholarship for us in philosophy, in kalam, in again medicine, in everything. They talk about Renaissance men. Ibn Sina was what Renaissance men became. Renaissance men became Renaissance men because they had the precedent of Ibn Sina. So such a great mind, such a genius. But in his autobiography, he writes that it is okay for him to drink wine. He says it's okay to drink wine for him because he is doing ijtihad here. He is passing an independent judgment. He is using logic. And his logic is logical. But it's not rational. It does not conform to what pleases God. It, it does not conform to the foundational requirements of religion. He says that this judgment about the, the wine being haram, forbidden, was passed because uneducated, uninitiated, uh, ignorant people cannot control themselves when they drink and they get drunk and they do all sorts of nonsense. However, I am, this is Abyssinia Ibn Sina saying, however, I am an educated person with intelligence and I don't get drunk. This is not a danger for me and therefore it is okay for me to drink wine. Now, we will talk about why this is wrong in the next cause that explains why we do not have the license to go through the gates of Ijtihad. But this is an example of what we are talking about here. This Ijtihad is not done in order to open up room for the body of Islam to grow and develop. This ijtihad is done in order to pierce through the skin of the body of Islam and, and to get out of it, to break away from the chains of Sharia. And that is not a movement toward perfection. Beşincisi, the fifth. Üç noktayı nazar şu zamanın ijtihadatını arziye yapar, semavilik, semavilikten çıkarıyor. There are three considerations. There are three things to take a look at that prevent the ijtihad of our times from being heavenly and that renders it worldly. So what do we mean? The ijtihad of our times, which that Nursi is saying, is worldly and it is not heavenly. Halbuki şeriat semaviyedir ve içtihadat-ı şer'iye dahi onun ahkam-ı mesturesini izhar ettiğinden semaviyedir. However, şeria is heavenly and içtihad that conforms to the boundaries of şeria, şer'i. We are making an adjective from şeria. Içtihad that remains within the şeria because içtihad for şeria and within şeria exposes the hidden rulings of the şeria it too is heavenly. The Sharia is broad. The Sharia is broad enough to be sufficient for pleasure and healthy development and healthy growth and healthy entertainment, healthy recreation, healthy mental state, healthy bodily state, healthy everything. Sharia is broad enough to be sufficient for all of these. However, sometimes the rulings of Sharia are hidden from us, are, are veiled from us. They are not directly and immediately available, clear to us. That's why we need Ijtihad. 
we need ishtihad in order to find out. So there are these rulings about this particular issue and we are now faced with this particular other issue and we do not seem to have rulings that apply immediately to, to, to, to this, but those who are experts in this, so the mujtahids, can, can take a look at the rulings of this other issue can take a look at the Quran, can take a look at the Hadith, can take a look at the practice of the companions of the Prophet wasallam, and say, okay, after we have looked at all of these, we can now deduce that this is the ruling for this new and particular issue that we have in our hands. So they are, they are expanding the body of Sharia. Their ruling is within the Sharia and therefore their ruling their ijtihad is also heavenly. But Ustad Nursi is saying there are three considerations at this time that render the ijtihad of this time worldly and prevent it, prevent it from being heavenly. Take it out of the fold of being heavenly. So what are those? What are those three considerations? Birincisi, the first one. Bir hükmün hikmeti ayrıdır, illeti ayrıdır. This is very important. The wisdom in a judgment is one thing and the real cause, the real reasoning, the actual reason for the judgment is another thing. Again, the wisdom of a judgment, the benefits and wisdom that applies to a judgment is one thing and the real cause, the real reasoning, the actual reasoning behind that judgment is another thing. Hikmet ve maslahat ise tercihe sebeptir. İcaba, icada medar değildir. Wisdom and public good, common good, are causes for preference, but they are not foundations for the prescription or existence of a ruling. İllet ise vücuda medardır. İlle, the actual reason, on the other hand, is a foundation for the existence of that ruling. So, wisdom and common good or public good are causes for preference and they are not foundations for prescription and the existence of this ruling. Illet ise, actual, the actual reason on the other hand, is a foundation for the existence of this ruling. So what do we mean by preference? There might be two rulings about a particular issue. Among those two rulings, rulings that are both valid and that both exist for actual reasons that apply to them, we may choose one over the other because of the wisdoms, the benefits and the common good that we expect from choosing that particular ruling over the other. However, these benefits, this wisdom, this common good that, that we hope will be the outcome of preferring, choosing, this particular judgment about this particular issue is not the cause of the existence of this judgment. No, the judgment exists for something else, for an actual reason that is out there. Mesela, seferde namaz kasredilir, iki rekat kılınır. For example, during travel, prayers are shortened. The prayers that we normally pray in four rekats are shortened to two rekats. So the luh, noon prayer, the afternoon prayer and the late night prayer, Aisha or Yatsi in Turkish prayers are normally four rakahs, but four rounds, but, but we shorten them and we pray them two rakahs while traveling. The actual reason for this dispensation in Sharia is traveling. And the wisdom behind that, the benefit that we want to get from it is difficulty or preventing difficulty eliminating difficulty when people travel usually they are under circumstances that they are not used to and they they cannot predict and therefore they may need more time and therefore the sharia god allowed us gave us the dispensation permission to shorten our prayers during travel this is the wisdom that we deduce we we infer but maybe there is another reason. Maybe there is other benefits. Maybe there are other wisdoms. This is one of them that we can know. And therefore, the actual cause for this dispensation is not the elimination of difficulty. No, it is traveling. If you are traveling, you shorten whether there is this difficulty or not. 
Sefer bulunsa meşakkat hiç olmasa da namaz kasredilir. If there is a trouble, if you are traveling, and there is no difficulty at all that you feel, you still shorten your prayer. You still have the dispensation to shorten your prayer. Let's assume that we are on vacation and we went to a hotel, a five-star hotel. Everything is provided. We don't have to get up in the morning and prepare breakfast. We don't have to have to do shopping. We don't have to cook. Everything is prepared. We don't have to clean. Even there is childcare and our children are being taken care of. We are traveling, but we are actually in such comfort that we may not even dream of finding that in our house. So difficulty is not there. But the travel is there. The actual cause for shortening the prayer is travel. The wisdom and benefit that we accrue from it is the elimination of difficulty. Because the actual cause is there, we have the dispensation to shorten our prayer. Çünkü illet var. Because there is the illet. There is the actual cause. Fakat sefer bulunmasa, yüz meşakkat bulunsa namazın kasredilmesine illet olamaz. On the other hand, if you are not traveling, if there is no travel and there are hundred difficulties, hundred things going on in our life that make life more difficult than it normally is, that still cannot be the illet, the cause, actual cause for shortening the prayer. İşte şu hakikatin aksine olarak şu zamanın nazarı ise maslahat ve hikmeti illet yerine ikame edip ona göre hükmediyor. Now, contradicting this truth, the mindset of the times that we live in gives judgments by substituting, this is important, by substituting common good and wisdom instead of the actual cause and passes judgment accordingly. People who do ijtihad in our time in most cases look at common good, look at the wisdom, look at what benefits can be accrued from passing a judgment. And if they think that, okay, this is good for the common good, this is going to accrue benefits, they substitute that instead of the actual cause, illa, they burden the common good and wisdom with the function of the illa and they pass judgment accordingly. We cannot do it. We cannot say, okay, I'm difficult. My life is difficult today. I'm going to shorten prayer. No, that is the wisdom. That is not the illa. And this applies to many things. All aspects of life. It is The, the prayer is just an example. Elbette böyle iştihadat arziyedir semavi değildir. Of course, iştihad of this kind is worldly. Why? Because it's pursuing worldly benefit. It is not heavenly. Because it is not conforming to what is ordained from the heavens by God. And why are we saying heavenly? Because the Quran descended to us from the heavens. In the month of Ramadan, most likely on the day, on the night of power, Jibreel Gabriel salam, took it from the Arsh and brought it down to the first layer of heavens. And from there, it gradually descended was revealed to the Prophet Therefore, the source of ijtihad is heavenly, which then in turn indicates that it is divine. The source of ijtihad is divine, heavenly. But if you focus on worldly goods, worldly benefits, we lose that source. It is not heavenly anymore. Now, think back about the example that we gave from Ibn Sina. He confused the illa and the hikmah, the, the actual cause and the wisdom behind the proscription of wine. The wisdom in the proscription of wine is that one who drinks wine becomes drunk and loses his sense, loses common sense. However, that is the wisdom, that is the benefit. The illa, the actual cause is that wine is haram because God said so. It is proscribed in the Quran. It is forbidden by God. That is why wine is haram. Wine is forbidden. And one who says otherwise goes against God's judgment. You cannot do ijtihad, which means exerting utmost effort to come close to what pleases God by going against God's judgment. If God says, go to the right, and you say, no, 
I have these reasons to go to the left and you go to the left, you cannot preserve the intention to please God because God already told you to go to the right. You can just say, so the other consideration why the ishtahad of our times are worldly and cannot be heavenly. The second, şu zamanın nazarı evvela ve bizzat saadeti dünyeviyeye bakıyor ve ahkamları ona tevcih ediyor. The mindset of the times that we live in, first and foremost, focuses on worldly happiness. And it directs the judgments that it's passing. It directs the judgments to worldly happiness, toward it. When it passes a judgment, its objective is to attain worldly happiness. Halbuki şeriatın nazarı ise evvela ve bizzat saadeti uhreviyeye bakar. Whereas the viewpoint of sharia focuses on first and foremost otherworldly happiness, the happiness, the felicity of the hereafter. İkinci derecede ahirete vesile olmak dolayısıyla dünyanın saadetini nazar eder. It takes a look at, it focuses on the felicity of the world at a secondary level with regard to it being the means for the felicity of the hereafter. Demek şu zamanın nazarı ruhu şeriattan yabanidir. Therefore, the viewpoint of this particular time that we live in has been estranged from the spirit of Sharia. The spirit of Sharia is focused on the happiness of the hereafter. That is the real life. That's what God tells us. That is the real life. This life, this worldly life, is but a play, a distraction. And if we know the real meaning of it, and if we employ it in the way it should be employed, it is important. It is the you know, farming field of the hereafter. It is the means for attaining otherworldly happiness, attaining happiness, felicity of the hereafter. But it is the means. It is not the end. The mindset of the times that we live in has made the means, the end, has confused real life and the preparation for real life. And therefore it has been estranged from the spirit of the Sharia. Üçüncüsü, the third one. İnne darurati tubihul mahzurat. Dire circumstances, pressing needs, render what is proscribed permissible. This is the Arabic phrase, and I try to translate the Arabic phrase into English. But Ustad Nursi gives us his own translation in Turkish too. It is slightly different, but it comes to the same meaning. Now we are going to read that too. Kaidesi, yani zaruret haram helal derecesine getirir. İşte şu kaide ise külli değil. So this is a principle, and what it means in Ustad Nursi's translation into Turkish, in turn translated into English, is that dire circumstances, pressing needs, renders what is haram halal, or renders what is halal, haram, uh, brings what is haram to the degree of halal. It renders it permissible. If there is something forbidden, eating pork, but there are dire circumstances, you were in a plane crash, you found yourself somewhere in the North Pole, there is no way of catching fish or receiving help in a timely manner. You are going to die unless you eat the canned pork that, that was in the plane. This is dire circumstance. This is pressing need. It is an obligation on you to preserve your body and your life. And although you do not have to, there is dispensation for you to eat from that canned pork as much as sufficient to keep yourself alive, to keep your body and soul together. So this is dire circumstance. And this is what rendered what rendered what was haram, forbidden eating pork, halal or mubah, permissible for you. However, this is not a universal principle. It is very important to... to Use it in the way it's supposed to be used. It is not a universal principle. It does not apply across the board. Zaruret eğer haram yoluyla olmamış ise haramı helal etmeye sebebiyet verir. If the dire circumstances, the pressing needs, have not appeared because of committing haram, because of committing forbidden acts, only then it is a cause for rendering what is haram, halal, for rendering what is 
forbidden, permissible. Yoksa sui ihtiyarıyla gayri meşru sebeplerle zaruret olmuş ise haramı helal edemez, ruhsatlı ahkamlara medar olamaz, özür teşkil edemez. Otherwise, if these dire circumstances are the outcome of bad choices and illegitimate causes, then they cannot render what is forbidden permissible. They cannot be the foundation for passing judgments of dispensation. They cannot be an excuse. Mesela, bir adam su'i ihtiyarıyla haram bir tarzda kendini sarhoş etse, tasarrufatı ulemai şeriatçı aleyhinde caridir, mazur sayılmaz. For example, if a person causes himself to become drunk in a forbidden way because of his bad choice, the acts that he commits during his state of drunkenness are in effect against him according to the scholars of the Sharia and they cannot be considered excuses for him. Tatlik etse talakı vaki olur. If he divorces his wife under those circumstances, his mind is altered. He does not have his full intellect. He does not, he does not know what he is saying. However, he put himself in that state of inebriation, drunkenness, because of a false, bad choice, and therefore he is responsible. And if he tells his wife, you are divorced, his wife is divorced. Bir cinayet etse ceza görür. If he commits a crime, he is punished. He will be punished. If he murders a person, he will receive the punishment of murder. If he steals, he will receive the punishment of stealing. Fakat su'i ihtiyarıyla olmazsa talak vaki olmaz, cezada görmez. However, if this, no, this was not because of a bad choice, then the divorce is not in effect and he will not be punished. Let's say the man drank something. He thought it was water. He was so thirsty. He ran into the room and there was a cup there full of something that looked like juice. And he had never drunk wine in his life be before. And he just got it. And it, it turned out to be wine. Or it was grape juice, but it had been there for so long that it, turned, it had become wine. He gulped it down and he became inebriated. He is drunk now. He did not mean to drink it. He did not mean to commit a crime, according to Sharia. He did not mean to break away from the chains of Sharia. It was an excusable mistake. Therefore, he is drunk. He doesn't have his full, full intellect. He doesn't know what he is saying. He told his wife, you are divorced. No, his wife is not divorced. He committed a crime. He does not have the responsibility. He is not accountable for it. He is not going to be punished. Hem mesela... Bir içki müptelası zaruret derecesinde müptela olsa da diyemez ki zarurettir, bana helaldir. This is another aspect of this, this consideration. Let's think, let's think about a, a person who is addicted to drinking. He cannot stop himself. He has such a serious problem that if and when he does not drink, he has headaches, he, his hands start shaking, he loses control, he... he, he faints, his body is now asking for the alcohol. And therefore, alcohol, in a sense, is a dire need for him. There's a pressing circumstance. He needs alcohol. Even if, let's assume that he's so addicted, his body is so addicted to alcohol that if we do not give him alcohol, he's going to die. Well, what caused him to become addicted to alcohol? He cannot say that this is a dire circumstance, this is a pressing need, therefore drinking alcohol is permissible for me because if I don't drink, all of this happens. No, he cannot say that. Addiction to alcohol in and of itself is a problem, is prescribed. He should not have taken the first step that took him to this point in life. And therefore, although he is pressed by his body and soul to drink the alcohol, not his soul, his lower soul. He is pressed by his body and lower soul. He cannot say, this is permissible for me. It is not permissible for him. İşte şu zamanda zaruret derecesine geçen 
ve insanları müptela eden bir beliye-i amme suretine giren çok umurlar vardır ki su ihtiyardan, gayrimeşru meyillerden ve haram muamelelerden tevellüt ettiklerinden ruhsatlı ahkamlara medar olup haramı helal etmeye medar olamazlar. Now, at the time that we are living, there are so, so many affairs that have come to act as if they are dire circumstances, as if they are pressing needs, they, that have addicted people, they have become public problems. There are so many of them that because they have arisen from bad choices, illegitimate inclinations, and forbidden acts and transactions, they cannot be the foundation for judgments of dispensation, they cannot be the foundation for rendering what is haram, halal. They cannot be the foundation for rendering what is forbidden, permissible. The source behind them, the source behind them are illegitimate inclinations, forbidden transactions, and bad choices. Because of all the bad choices that we have done together, because of the illegitimate pathways that we have taken, because of the forbidden transactions that we are committing all together, if we find ourselves under these circumstances where we feel pressed to do something that is forbidden by the Sharia. No. No. This cannot be the foundation for rendering what is haram halal. This cannot be the foundation for judgments of dispensation. Halbuki şu zamanın ehli içtihadı o zaruratı ahkamı şeriyeye medar yaptıklarından içtihadları arziyedir, hevesidir, felsefidir, semavi olamaz, şer'i değil. And because the people of ijtihad in our time, so Ustad Nursi doesn't use the word mujtahid, but he says people of ijtihad. People who think that they can do ijtihad. People who have the necessary information, but not the right state of mind, but the necessary information to do ijtihad. People who know all these rulings, the Quran, the Hadith, they have all the information that they can put them together and deduce a logical argument in order to pass a judgment or dispensation. So that because the people of ijtihad at this time have made those dire circumstances, those pressing needs, which we talked about before, the foundation for judgments of Sharia, their ijtihads are worldly, they are outcomes of vain desires, they are philosophical, they cannot be heavenly, they cannot be from the Sharia. They cannot be considered a part of the Sharia. Why? Because they are considering all these pressing needs and dire circumstances that were born out of illegitimate inclinations, bad choices, and, and forbidden transactions that we are all steeped in because of not being able to resist our compulsive lower souls and the Satan at the first place. Because the people of Ishtihad of our time are considering these dire circumstances and pressing needs as, a, as the foundation for judgments of dispensation, their judgments cannot be heavenly. They are worldly. They are outcomes of wind desires. They are philosophical. They are not from the Sharia. Halbuki semavat ve arzın halikinin ahkamı ilahiyesinde tasarruf ve ibadının ibadatına müdahale o halikin izni manevisi olmazsa o tasarruf o müdahale merduttur. If one were to try to pass judgments on the divine judgments of the creator of the heavens and the earth and if one were to try to intervene in the worship of his slaves if this is not done with the immaterial metaphysical permission of that creator that transaction that intervention is rejected so if you want to pass judgments about sharia sharia what is sharia sharia is the rulings that we have we deduce from God's commands, God's speech, and, and, and the teachings of the prophets who are sent down as messengers of God. So this is all about God and what God wants from us. So if the person who is passing judgments, thinking that he, he, he remains or she remains within this realm, if this person is passing judgments uh, seemingly in this circle, but he or she is not doing it, with the permission of the Creator, 
in a way that polices the creator, his or her transaction and intervention is rejected. It is from outside. It's an external intervention. He may appear to be within the circle of the Sharia, but he is actually outside the Sharia. His considerations are worldly. They are not heavenly. To remain within the circle of the Sharia, you, you need to limit yourself to what is heavenly. But his considerations are worldly. They are outcomes of vain desires. And therefore, that intervention, that transaction is rejected. Mesela, bazı gafiller hutbe gibi bazı şair-i İslamiye'yi Arabi'den çıkarıp her milletin lisanıyla söylemeyi iki sebep için istihsan ediyorlar. For example, Ustad is going to give an example that was a that was a bone of discussion, that was a subject of debates and discussion as late as the turn of the 20th century. And listen to the example and think about think about where we have come. Ustad says, look for example, some heedless people think positively about delivering such a token of Islam as the khutbah, as the sermon that that's delivered on Fridays before the Friday prayer in the language of each nation instead of Arabic. They think they they think of this as a positive good thing. The khutbah, the sermon was given in Arabic. It was always given in Arabic. And then there came a time when people started to say, no, we should do this in the language of the nation that we are talking to. If it's Turkish in Turkey, Turkish. If it's English in America, in America, in, in English. If it is Polish in Poland, let's give it in Polish. If we are in Spain, let's give it in Spanish. Originally, it used to be in Arabic. So it, Ustad Nursi says, Bediüzzaman Nursi says, some heedless people are thinking positively about not delivering the khutbah, the sermon in Arabic, but delivering it instead in the language of whatever nation that you are in. But there's a key word there. He says, a token of Islam as the khutbah. What's a token of Islam? Sha'ir is the word that we are talking about here. It is an act or a thing that you remember Islam when you see it. Adhan, the call to prayer, for instance, is one of those things. If you hear the Adhan, the call to prayer in a community, you assume and, and, and justifiably assume that they are Muslims, they are believers. Ramadan, the month of Ramadan and all the things that the believers do in the month of Ramadan is a token of Islam. The khutbah, the Friday sermon, is a token of Islam. And it used to be given, delivered in Arabic, and now it is delivered in whatever language that, that the imam can speak or the audience, the, the, the congrega congregation can understand. So some people see, have a positive opinion of this for two reasons, Ustad says. This is what they are giving us as a reasoning. Birincisi, ta siyaseti hazıra avamu müslimine de o suretle tefhim edilsin. So that the affairs of politics in the given time would be conveyed to ordinary Muslims and so that they would understand this at the given time. Now when we say siyaset, it's politics and policies all together. It's not necessarily uh, politics the way we understand. It's not necessarily party politics, this you know, back and forth and uh, competition, etc. It can also mean policies. The policies in effect, in a place, right? The, the government it's the right of the government and the sermon is very closely related to authority. Uh, you know, in order for the sermon to be completely valid, it needs to be authorized by the, the caliph. In the absence of caliph, scholars said, okay, it can be authorized by whoever is the ruling person in a place. It needs to be authorized by the authorities of the place. So it's completely understandable that the government will want its policies to be understood by the ordinary people. This is the one time, especially this is before mass media, the one way to convey ideas, to convey policies, to convey what's going on in the country was the khutbah. Every Friday, all adult men in the country, all adult believers in the country congregated and there was this speech given to them. So some say that we want to convey the policies of our time to them. Let's say there's that's a public health policy. Let's say there is a contagion going on and you want people to take some certain measures. So this is a good opportunity. The khutbah is a good opportunity to convey this. So this is what they say. 
so that we can convey the politics and policies of our times to the ordinary people. Halbuki siyaseti hazıra o kadar çok yalan ve hile ve şeytanet içine girmiş ki vesvese-i şeyatin hükmüne geçmiştir. However, Üstad Nursi says, So much lies and deception and evil things, satanic things, have entered the politics of our time that the politics of our time is like the whisperings of the Satan. So if you want to convey the politics of our time, politics and policies of our time, to the people, to the ordinary people, in the hutbah, in a, which, is, which is a token of Islam, in the middle of the one of the most serious and important and significant and foremost forms of worship, what are we going to be conveying to them? Whisperings of Satan. Halbuki minber, vahiy ilahinin tebliğ makamı olduğundan, o vesvese-i siyasiyenin hakkı yoktur ki, o makamı aliye, the pulpit is the station for conveying, announcing, declaring the divine revelation. And therefore, that political whispering has no right to, to ascend to that high station. The pulpit is always elevated, right? So his Nursi is using both the actual and, and metaphorical meaning here. Politics whisperings of politics has no right to the, to ascend to that lofty high elevated station which is the station from which divine divine revelation is declared this is what the prophet wasallam did on most fridays he would ascend the pulpit and recite the new verses that were revealed that week that is one of the wisdoms why in the Hanafi legal school you cannot even say salams or take salams. So you cannot say anything. You cannot move your lips during the Friday sermon because you cannot speak while Quran is being recited. At the time of the Prophet ﷺ, most of the time he ascended the pulpit and recited the new verses of the week. And that's also why we do not have many khutbas, many sermons recorded from the Prophet ﷺ because they were the verses, chapters and verses, parts of the Qur'an that he was reciting to the believers and they were memorizing it and they, they passed, it, passed it on. So there is a disconnect here. There is a disconnect here. Ustad Nursi is saying there is a disconnect here. You want to convey messages to the believers, but the message that you are conveying at this time has become satanic because of all the lies and deception and, and satanic considerations that have entered into it. The overall mindset of the time is geared to pandering to the desires of the lowly compulsive soul and the whisperings of Satan, whisperings of Satan and the worldliness. Consumerism is what comes to mind again at this time but it can be other things it can be materialism it can be positivism it can be plain atheism in places like the, the soviet union at the time this was the official policy atheism was the official doctrine of the country so what are you going to do in a place like that in some places in the soviet union they allow the the uh, some believers to pray the friday prayer what's the imam going to do is he going to ascend the pulpit and talk about the policies of this state that is official atheist that has declared war on God? Now, let's think about it. There is an undeclared war on God that is going on at our times because of all this pandering to the desires, vain desires of the lowly compulsive soul. What are we going to convey to people if we think about conveying the policies and politics of the time to them? Second cause that people are offering, in Kinjisebeb, second cause that people are offering in order to read the khutbah, deliver the khutbah in, in any language other than Arabic. They say, Khutbah bazı suveri Kur'aniyenin nasihatları anlaşılmak içindir. The sermon is meant for the chapters of the Quran or for the teachings of the chapters of the Quran to be understood. Therefore, the reasoning goes, therefore, if you want the people to understand it, that you have to convey it to them in their language. If you don't convey it to them in their language, they will not understand it. Evet, eğer millet-i İslam 
İslamiyet'in zaruriyatı ve müsellematı ve malum olan ahkamını ekseriyet itibariyle imtisal edip yerine getirseydi, o vakit nazariyat-ı şeriye ve mesail-i dakika ve nasahi hafiyeyi anlamak için bildiği lisan ile hutbe okunması ve suveri Kur'an'ın eğer mümkün olsaydı tercümesi belki müstahsen olurdu. Yes, if the majority of believers, the, the people of Islam, the nation of Islam, if the majority of the believers in the nation of Islam followed and conformed to the foundation requirements given rulings and known judgments of Islam. So think about the nation of Islam, think about all the believers. If the majority among them were practicing and practicing well, they were conforming to the foundational requirements, all the known judgments, all, all, all that that is clear and simple in the religion. You need to pray five times a day, they are pray, praying five times a day. You need to fast the month of Ramadan, fast the month of Ramadan. They were not, if they were not bickering about these issues, we talked earlier on about what percentage of believers in a country that is known to be an Islamic Islamist country are actually praying five times a day, 16%. If the majority were praying their prayers, fasting Ramadan, paying zakah, uh, staying away from adultery and theft and interest and, and usury and so on and so forth, performing the Hajj, uh, if the majority were doing these basics, if you did not have to f deal with these basics, in that case, in order for the theoretical aspects of the Sharia and the fine points of uh, religion and the hidden advices, hidden teachings in, in, in the Sharia and the religion, in order for all of these to be understood, perhaps it would be okay it would be uh, it would be acceptable and perhaps even nice to to read the hutbah in the language to read the sermon to deliver the sermon in the language that people know and perhaps it could, it could even be acceptable to read the translation of the chapters of the quran if translation is possible at all because if you are going to give the sermon to the people in the language that they understand in order for the chapters of the Quran to be understood, you have to translate, you have to offer them a translation. You cannot explain the chapters of the Quran, you cannot, you cannot deliver the meaning of the chapters of the Quran in a language other than Arabic unless you translate or you do an extended, expanded translation. Ustad Nursi is saying, if it was at all possible to, to, to do translation, if the people were already doing the basics, perhaps in that case it would be okay to deliver the khutbah in the language that they spoke. And if the Quran could be translated, it could be okay to read it to them in the language that they speak. And here there is a side note where Ustad Nursi says, side note, hashiye. Ya'caza dair olan 25. söz, Quran'ın hakiki tercümesi mümkün olmadığını göstermiştir. The 25th word, which is about the miraculousness of the Quran, and and that miraculousness is based on the succinct language of the Quran, how the Quran packs so many meanings in so few words, even the letters, even the syllables, even the location of the word in the sentence, and so on and so forth, have deep meanings. So Ustad Nursi says the 25th word which is about the miraculousness of the Qur'an has shown that the translation of the Qur'an is not possible. So we are speaking with a conditional clause here. If it was possible, perhaps it could be okay. If the people were following the Sharia and doing the basics already, and if it was possible, if it were possible to translate the Qur'an, perhaps it could be okay to give the khutbah in the language of the people. Fakat, namaz, zekat, orucun vücubu, ve katl, zina ve şarabın haramiyeti gibi malum olan ahkam-ı katiye İslamiye mühmel kalıyor. However, at the time that we live in, known aspects, known judgments, rulings of the, the, the Sharia, known and certain, certain rulings of the Sharia are being neglected. What are these? These are things like the prayer, daily prayers, zakah, 
obligatory arms and fasting and murder and adultery and and drinking wine and alcohol such known and clear and simple and foundational and basic aspects of religion are being neglected at this time avamu nas onların vücubunu ve haramiyetini ders almaya muhtaç değiller the ordinary people do not need to learn that these are obligated or forbidden they already know it these are clear and clearly known Belki teşvik ve ihtar ile o ahkam-ı kutsiyeyi hatırlatıp İslamiyet damarını ve iman hissini tahrik etmekle imtisallerine teşvik ve tezkire ve ihtara muhtaçtırlar. Then what do they need? They need encouragement, reminder and to remember. Remember what? The sacredness of these rulings. And they need to be encouraged in their love for zeal for Islam. Their emotions of faith need to be awakened. This is what we need. They don't need to learn what is haram, what is halal. They know what is halal, what is what is haram in these basic foundational aspects of religion. But they need to be encouraged. They need to be reminded about the sacredness of these rulings. Their love for, zeal for Islam, their emotions of faith need to be motivated. Halbuki bir ami ne kadar cahil dahi olsa Kur'an'dan ve hutbe-i arabiyeden şu meali icmaliyeyi anlar ki herkese ve bana malum olan imanın rükünlerini ve İslamiyet'in umdelerini hatip ve hafız ihtar ediyor ve ders veriyor, okuyor der. Kalbinde onlara karşı bir iştiyak hasıl olur. Even the most uninitiated, most ignorant person, believer, would understand this summary meaning from the, the, the sermon that is being recited from the Quran in Arabic. That, this is what he would understand. The Hatib, the, the orator and the reciter of the Quran who has memorized the Quran, Hatib and Hafiz, are reminding me, teaching about and reading, reciting about the foundational rulings, pillars of faith and religion that are known to me and to everybody. So they know that they know what's going on. Kalbinde onlara karşı bir iştiyak olur. And as a result of this, as a result of witnessing the word of God, hearing the word of God, and and understanding that this is about a reminder to him and to everybody else about the sacredness of the rulings, the judgments of the, the Sharia, there emerges in his heart an inclination toward it, an inclination toward them. Acaba kainatta hangi tabirat var ki arş-ı azamdan gelen Kur'an hakimin i'cazkârâne, müfehhimâne ihtarlarına, tezkirlerine, teşviklerine mukabil gelebilsin? What expressions are there out there in the cosmos that can be a match for the miraculous and easily understood reminders, warnings, and encouragements of the all-wise Quran that is descending from the sublime, the most tremendous throne? What is there out there? The Quran when it is recited in the original language, even people who do not understand what it is saying, even people who do not know that it is Quran, peace descends in their heart. Peacefulness, a state of peacefulness descends in their heart. The Quran, the expressions of the Quran carry with them light. They carry something. They carry something that preserves that divine light that preserves something of where it originated. So if this is about awakening the zeal, awakening the pious emotions in people's hearts, if this is about reminding them about the sacredness of the word, what better thing is there out there other than the very sacred word itself? The one who listens to the Quran thinks, this is my Lord speaking to me. The one who listens to the Imam who is giving the khutbah in whatever language that he is giving the khutbah and talking about public health, 
thinks about public health. These are very different things serving very different purposes. So going back to where we started this discussion, some heedless people say that it is better to deliver the khutbah in a language that the congregation speaks and not in Arabic, but the khutbah, Ustad Nursi says, is a token of Islam. And these are the reasons that they are giving, right? But what Ustad Nursi says is that the reasons that they are giving are worldly reasons. And when you consider them from a heavenly point of view, they just crumble up. They just fall apart. What we need is heavenly point of view. And because it is so difficult to attain and maintain in our time, where the overall mindset, to use an expression that the philosopher Hegel introduced, the zeitgeist, the spirit of the time. Because the spirit of the time that we live in is so distorted. It is so geared to pander the desires, vain desires of the lowly soul, the lower soul, the compulsive soul, and the whisperings of the Satan, evil politics, commercial interests, corporate interests, and whatnot. Because this is the case, it is very difficult, if not impossible, to attain and preserve, attain and maintain that heavenly state of mind. And therefore, Ustad Nursi says, we do not have the license to go through the gates of Ijtihad, although they are open at this time. So this was the fifth cause and obviously we are out of time. Inshallah, we will stop here and continue uh, from the sixth when we come back to the 27th uh, word, Inshallah, in a couple of weeks. If you are benefiting from these readings, from these episodes, benefiting from the Risale Inur, please spread the word, share the Risale Inur and the wisdoms, the teachings of the Risale Inur, the, the pearls of wisdom, the diamonds of wisdom, the diamond teachings in the Risale Inur with others, either by spreading the links of our website and the podcasts or sharing it directly. Take the Risale Inur and read it to a friend. This is something good something beautiful and if you love your friends you want them to benefit from it too inshallah subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahum anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin al fatiha